I think that's when you started following me was around then. And I remember like driving with my mentor back from the, the convention to the hotel and seeing that on my phone and just like wanting to cry. The amount you care about the work that you do and the amount of time that you've put in to be able to do the work that you do is just nothing short of astounding. In a nutshell, I think and hope that's what makes me different than other people. And that's what's like brought my success is that I will not falter from my vision. Yeah. You know? What's up, guys? Eden Body Art Studios podcast, the Eden BAS pod. Um, and today I'm super stoked that Deanna's finally back for uh, another episode. Yeah, I'm so excited to be back. And uh, I'm excited that we also have Bobby Johnson here in the studio. Um, he's in town for a seminar that he's going to be hosting at our studio the next few days. Um, he's been a big inspiration to many tattooers over the past many years. Um, and he has his own very specific style. So I'm excited to hear his story. Check out his work if you haven't already on Instagram at Glendale Bully. And uh, yeah, this episode was a ton of fun. You guys are going to love it. How are you addicted to Call of Duty? You just... I don't know. How did you become So I, I actually, I wasn't even like, I've never been a game person. Mm-hmm. And I went over to a friend's house and like super competitive kid. And... He's like, oh, I should play this. And he just like laughed because I had no idea what I was doing. You know, you guys remember the first, well, Colton, you remember the first time you played Call of Duty. I don't know if you've ever played, Mm-mm. but you're just like, you know, you're just bad. It's bad. It's yeah. really bad. You're just, you're basically just walking around, figuring out what you're doing and then getting killed. And and every, you know, he thinks it's funny. I have no idea what's going on. Right. So I'm like, that, that was fun. Let me get a PlayStation. This was PlayStation three, I think. And this was a uh, modern warfare two era. Yeah. And I would play and then we played online and then he would like, <laughs> you're so bad, dude. You're so bad. So I was like, fuck you, dude. I'm going to get real good. And so <laughs> I just got really good specifically because he was a cunt about it. <laughs> I don't know. You want your words in here, but. Uh, we could leave it in. <laughs> specifically because he was a dick about it. And then. I got so good that he didn't want to play with me, but then I got addicted. So I was going, just like everybody does, you know, I was getting off of work, going home, playing Call of Duty. My girlfriend at the time would go to bed and be like, oh, I'm going to be in there in a minute. More times than not, she'd like be waking up for work and I'm like still playing. Yeah. And so I got super addicted and it's honestly one of the only things there's only two things in my life that I'm not humble about. And I think it's because I'm not good at them anymore. Right. Sure. And they're also just, they don't matter. So one of them is I was really, really, really good at skateboarding as a kid, like real good. Right. Yeah. I was on like a couple teams, local shops. Oh, wow. Uh, like how do you, how do you, a, how are you on a skateboarding team? Oh, like you're just sponsored by yeah, just a sponsorship, okay, gotcha. I guess teams, teams maybe is a little too, generic but just sponsored you know they would yeah. flow me stuff uh local skate shop same thing mm. and the other one is call of duty like i was like i was youtube i was like youtube good you know wow. it's like running through all my kill streaks and then dying on purpose so i could run through my kill streaks again you know yeah like 46 and 2 type shit you know yeah. and then black ops came out i was okay 
Uh, and then I just kind of fell off. Right. But I actually had to pull myself out of it because I, that's all I thought, thought about. That's all I cared about. Yeah. Right. I also noticed my mood was shitty. You know, if I like was having a bad game or had like yeah. a bad, ha- bad play, I just, my mood was shitty. And I was like, what am I doing? Wow. Like, what is this that I'm doing? This is unproductive. Right. And this was right before I got back into tattooing. So it was, you know, it was, uh, it was a perfect time to shut that down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you, when you, you say when you got stuff. back into tattooing, did you take a hiatus or something? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I had like um, a really big gap between my apprenticeship and full time tattooing. Mm. Uh, about seven years. Dang, that about long? Years. Really? Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah, it really sucked. Getting into tattooing was it was really hard for me. You know, it was a fucking struggle. Just for like because traditional apprenticeships just. The general struggle of that or no no i think i think uh i guess generically i would have to just like start at the beginning yeah yeah but um so when i was 17 i my my buddies would get tattooed right they get they they would go into this guy get tattooed and they would bring my designs right and i was emancipated at the time it was actually the, the owner of the shop was a a friend of mine's brother-in-law and that's how we met him. Right. But I was, I was 17 at the time. I think I started getting tattooed by him when I was 16, but I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm 16. I'm emancipated. Uh, I already have, I already had tattoos, you know? And he was like, yeah, dude, I'll tattoo you. So this guy, this kid was, this guy was tattooing me while I was underage. Right. Yeah. All my friends were over age. Cause I, I were of age, I guess. And I, hung out with all of them because it was my, they were my brother's friends, right? Yeah. My group of friends were just my brother's friends. So everybody was only, always older than me, but they kept bringing my designs into this guy. And I, same thing. I would bring my own designs in. He'd kind of just reiterate whatever, whatever I brought in, kind of do his own rendition. And, and, and this was in Utah. This was in Utah. Yeah. Uh, I was, yeah, it was 17. Yeah, bringing in my stuff. One of the days, he said, "Hey, you ever, uh, you ever thought about apprenticing, tattooing?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm 17, dude. That sounds fucking <laughs> the yeah. coolest thing ever, right?" And he was like, "Okay, cool. Um, come back here tonight at eight. And I was like, "All right." And I had just no idea what to expect. Go back in at eight p.m. And he's like, "All right, uh, go in that room. You're gonna tattoo yourself." Damn! Wow. Right off the bat, and I was like, "What?" He was just like, "Yeah, you're you're gonna tattoo yourself," and I was like, "I, oh, okay," and I'm shaking like a leaf, obviously. And he's like, "Just draw it on your leg." So I wanted to just draw something on my leg and tattoo it, right? And I was like, "I don't, I don't even know what to draw," you know? Like I don't, I don't. And I tried to draw a skull, and I'm again, I'm 17 years old, right? Yeah, shaking like a leaf. So he draws this skull on me and I, and I tattoo it. It takes like an hour and a half and it's just lines. So is it still there. Yeah. It's awful. I'll show you guys after. I can't wait. <laughs> but, uh, the lines were just like trenches, you know, just kept going over yeah. and over and over. Mm. Uh, and I then that shit hurt. 
Yeah. So yeah, no, it was, it was the worst. And then it healed, you know, like three months later, but (laughs) then he, he was like, yeah, you got the job coming tomorrow, 10 a.m. So I, Dan, that was like an audition. Yeah, that was it. And I was like, oh, okay. Just like, I went in to get a tattoo one morning. And then the next morning I was like at my apprenticeship. So you didn't have like a job at the time or anything? I was, I, so I did have a job. Um, but I was emancipated and yeah. I was, I was, I was, uh, I was actually doing this program called three to six. Uh, it's just school from three to six. Right. Oh, okay. It's for troubled kids or kids like me who had to work. I had to work to, to pay rent and stuff. Yeah. Right. And, uh, so it was my, my schedule was pretty freed up, you know? Mm. And, uh, so I, I, I show up, I have no idea. I've never looked into tattooing i've never thought like i'm going to be a tattoo artist one day none of this was like in my plans right i'm 17 i'm like that's not i want a skateboard you know that's in my plans uh and i go in i just kind of start hovering over one of their artists andy and he's like what are you doing and i was like oh i'm i'm just watching Cause in my head, I'm like, Oh, I just have to, I'm going to learn how to tattoo. Yeah. You know? And he's like, Oh, cool. Well, the bathroom's dirty. And I was like, Oh, I have to do shit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I cleaned the bathroom, you know, then I started, I just learned all my, all my apprentice, apprentice duties. And I just wanted to learn how to tattoo. Right. Yeah. But I, I do you guys want to talk? Extended version? Just want a fast version. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Because the, the fast version is still pretty long. All right. Well, yeah, whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. We so do the fast version. I mean, we're not going to run out of stuff to talk about. So, right, right, right. So, uh, yeah, we'll just skip all that. But I, I learned a couple. Of, I, I started learning things about tattooing, right? Things that I wanted to tattoo, things that they did, right? Things that I noticed that they didn't do that other shops were doing, right? I had no comprehension of tattoos right mm-hmm. i just was like oh this guy will tattoo me yeah and i'm underage nice you know uh and i just wanted to have tattoos because they were cool right. and so at that shop i was i just wanted to learn you know i've always been that kind of way and i was only there for probably four six months i can't remember it was really short and as I was noticing, at the same time, I was noticing that these guys aren't doing, or at least doing the tattoos that I'm seeing in magazines and other things like that, that I've now yeah. discovered. Yeah. But they're, you know, they kind of treat me like shit, you know? And it, that's fine. Wait, you said they were doing tattoos like you were seeing in magazines? They were not. Oh, okay. They were yeah. awful. Yeah. And, and this is all fine. Even being treated like shit was fine. Like getting hazed, whatever. I'm like, this is part of the territory, right? But what I couldn't stand was one day I would be, dude, you're you're like the next, you're the next thing. You know, they would tell me shit like that. Like you're you're a savant. You're like you're 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 the next what this or whatever, right? And then the, the very next day I would be like, oh, you don't think you're replaceable, dude? You don't think you're fucking replaceable, right? Mm. And I, there were two other apprentices, right? Yeah. One of the apprentices came in like a couple days a week and you might not see him for a couple of weeks. The other apprentice would show up 10, 11, 12, maybe sometimes one leave. I got to leave a little early. Right. And by the time they got there, all the cleaning was done because of me. 
Yeah. Whenever any of the artists needed anything, they just they'd yell out my name, right? Yeah. I'm catering to everybody. I'm there all the time. And I'm fucking replaceable, dude. I don't even I don't even like step out, you know? Yeah. I talk shit cuz that's just the way that I am, but the environment is shit talking, right? Yeah. I do what I'm told, whatever, whatever. So uh there was just, there was an incident where we had some walk-ins. Again, I'm four months into four months removed from hey, tattoo yourself. Right. Right. I'm tattooing clients. Oh my God. Like I'm throwing it in yeah, damn. in the pit, right? Yeah. Well, one of one night this uh, bachelorette party came in, there were like oh, 12, 12 girls. <laughs> yeah. Oh my and god. And I'm again, dude, I'm fucking freshly 18. I had started like it was like a almost a month to the day. Just over just over a month uh till I was 18. Yeah. 18 in January. And I couldn't tattoo anybody until I was 18, right? But then as soon as I started it turned 18, I could tattoo people. So I was about three months into tattooing people. And me and this other artist stayed late to tattoo these people. And I was like, man, I'm uh it's gonna be hard to come in tomorrow early in the morning. And the other artist was like, Oh dude, I'm not coming in. I'm not coming in at nine. And I was like, What do you mean? And he was like, dude, we stayed late, man. We don't have to, we shouldn't have to come in. So I was like, oh cool. So I went to my friend's house and got drunk and woke up to a bunch of calls and texts from the people at the shop. And I was like, fuck, I guess I fucked up because they were used to me being there. Right now they're yeah. accustomed to me taking care of everything. And now I'm not. And I was like, oh, I thought they would be hyped because like we stayed and did all those tattoos, you know? Yeah. And no, I got in, I was met with the fuck are you doing You're coming in and out whenever you want. And again, like I, I think it was because I didn't not sh- I, I like I was always showing up. So right. when I didn't show up, then it was. It's funny how that's a double standard, right? Like that's the problem, kind of with America is like mm-hmm. when you when you work really really fucking hard, then it's always expected. Versus like the mediocre guy has a one good day, and you're like, sure. yo, look at Carl, that's dope, and you're like, dude, Carl's a bitch. I I, I work twice as hard as Carl, you know? Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, so so it was the same thing. Oh, you think you're you think you're not replaceable? You walk around here like like you're you know your shit doesn't think, which is absolutely untrue. I'm just this uh, insecure about everything as far as art wise goes, kid. You know, and then same thing with the other artists. It's actually ironically Andy, the dude who told me to to clean the toilets, and he was like, "Dude, we should quit. We should we should quit. We'll just pack all of our stuff and we'll just like we had artwork and stuff hanging in frames." And we just like took our artwork out of the frames and hung the frames back up, like empty frames and things like that. So when they came in the next day, we were just gone. And uh, yeah, then I, that's how I quit my apprenticeship. Wow. Um, so it was like four, four to six months. It, I, I can't, somewhere in there, it's been a really long time. It was a very short period of time, right? But then I had to get a job. And ironically, the same dude, brother-in-law, who got me into that shop also did refinery work, right? So I I started doing refinery work and it was like seven years of that. And in in that time, I would be in and out of tattooing. Uh, Mm. I would try and work at shops and there's a bunch of ins and outs to that stuff. But like the struggle was super hard because I was only working when I was furloughed, right? I was only in shops when I was furloughed. So it was, 
Mm. It was a mess, man. It was um, it wasn't cool. But then I got into a shop permanently. This is a super ultra short version. Uh, and then I got into a shop permanently. I moved across the country to work at a shop. I rolled the dice because I wanted to get back into tattooing. Damn. And then, yeah, ultra ultra short. Now I'm. How here. did you get into this last shop, or had what made you want to go to this place? So I I was working at shops in between. Like I said, when I was furloughing, I would work at a shop here and there, do a couple of tattoos, oh, okay. and I would just draw. I would actually funny. I would watch tattoo shows, right? Mm. I would watch like Miami Ink and all those, the LA Ink and stuff. And people scoff at those, but I watched those with so, with such intent. Like I wanted it so bad. I was like, I want to be these guys, Mm -hmm. you know? I want to be doing tattoos. So I would watch what they would do. I would study the tattoos that they would look at. I would, um, I, I don't know. I, I wanted I would, to be Kat Von D so badly. I just want to be mama, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, and I would, every time they would tattoo, I would like, even if it were like a millisecond, I would just be like, oh, he's, they're floating their needle. You see how he floats his needle like that? Or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I just really pay attention to, or like Kat, right? Like I would notice that like, look, it seems like she, when she does her black and gray, it seems like she kind of opens the skin up a little bit, right? With some light gray wash. And then she kind of builds up like shit like that, yeah. right? That yeah. Maybe I don't, I still don't use those techniques, but they are still, there's still stuff that I would dial the fuck in, right? That yeah, was sort of like of, taking anything you could get. Anything I could get. That was sort of my apprenticeship, right? I would, I would look at magazines and I would flip through them. I'd make myself flip through magazines and just study them, right? Probably talk a little bit about that tomorrow, but um, anyway, uh, my friend who I knew from another shop or from, yeah, a previous shop was like, hey, come, come guest at the shop that I work at or come, come, come work here. You know, you'll be busy because I just couldn't get busy, right? Uh, because I was never settle down yeah never and then time. a bunch of other reasons um mostly every other artist in there was not trying to help me get a clientele mm. especially if i was gone if they wanted to get tattooed by me they'd just go oh i, I could tattoo you you know yeah uh, so it was city. it was really difficult but um was that a, like one specific shop or you're just kind of like yeah it was places? it was it was yeah yeah well a couple but the same group of guys gotcha um I just kind of moved wherever they moved just because I, I was like, I wasn't even in the circle. They just kind of let me have a corner, you know? Yeah. Uh, which was cool. But, um, I was like, man, I, I, I couldn't dude. I don't even like tattoo. I tattoo like once a month. Like there's no, there's no way. And he was like, dude, you're probably better than half the people here. Just come guest. I didn't even know what a guest spot was back then. Right. Yeah. But I was and like, where okay, was this new shop? This is, so I lived in Salt Lake. This is in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. Oh shit. Indiana. Okay. Yeah. Or, or excuse me, Wisconsin, Indiana, Wisconsin, Indiana, Indiana, Pennsylvania, New York, uh, in it, La Crosse, Wisconsin. Yeah. At the very, very Southwest tip of Wisconsin. Yeah. In the middle of nowhere, little college town. And I was like, all right. Uh, so I got there, guests, Talk to the talk to the owner about possibly working there, and he's like, "Okay, cool. I can uh, if you want the job, you, it's yours. Um, I can offer you um, 
27.5%. Uh, it's a weird number. And I was like, what, like I pay you 27.5%? He was like, no, no, your take home is 27.5%. And I was like, that's like nothing. Where there's, did he come up with that? Just, yeah, also, there's yeah. no, there's no way. I just, I told him, I was like, there's, there's no, there's no way I can do that, dude. Is like, that, was I, that like a normal thing back then? I've never heard no, of any, okay. no, this guy was, was an absolute diabolical dude. He, he's like, well, you should feel lucky. I, I usually start everyone at 22.5%. Bullshit. And I was like, and, and. The dude who got me the job was like, yeah, I started off at 22.5. No shit, and really? And he, he gives you, at Christmas, he gives you a, if you've been there long enough, he'll give you a 2.5% raise in increments. And I think the cap was like 40% or whatever. But I was like, dude, there's no way that I can work here for that. There's yeah. No way. And so he so generously landed on 30%. And... The person who got me the job was like, dude, I, you'll, you'll be busy. You'll, you'll make, you'll make the money. You'll be fine. You'll be able to pay your bills. Right. There's plenty of walk-ins and we fucking worked. So anyway, yeah. I, I go home and I'm like, yeah, I think, you know, let's move to Wisconsin. I guess let's figure this out. Move to Wisconsin tattoo, start tattooing. And we worked, man. We worked. We, we, we fucking Every day, walk-ins. Is that just like a street shop? You just tattoo street shop. Yeah, yeah, door. heavy street shop. There were appointments, but Saturdays were walk-ins only. Yeah, we would tattoo so many people on Saturday. I'm, I'm. T there's literally a line. Wow. wow. Uh, just college kids. I'm college guessing. kids. Yeah. yeah, college kids and small town kids that are like, I want to get this tat. Man, what was the minimum there? I don't know. I don't even remember the numbers, but I do remember thinking, "Fuck." They're gonna pay me a thousand dollars for this tribal on his arm? Like that's crazy, right? Oh, that's time, that's like, actually like that's probably a lot for back then. Yeah, the prices were crazy. Like yeah. our, on Saturday, it was like a kind of skeezy fucking game where it was like, well, how much can I get for this? You know? Okay. Yeah. But that's what you do when you're starving. You know, if hey, if yeah. I make the shop a thousand dollars, I'll make three hundred. Yeah. You know, Jeez. I got to pay so, my bills. That's like nothing. That's so low though. Right. That, right. That percentage. The, yeah. the cut. Right. Right. So, um, yeah. So this was like probably like 10 years ago or. This was, I'm trying to think here. Yeah. 10 years, a little over 10. Yeah. Probably 11. Uh, and that's why I say 12 because I had that little bit of an apprenticeship and then I had the tattoos here and there yeah. in a seven year span. You know, I tattooed this person or that person, a very, very small, I'm talking like once a month I tattooed. It was, it was crazy. Wow. And then there was a couple of years where I just didn't tattoo cause I was playing Call living of in Duty. California or playing Call of Duty. Yeah. 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 Stuff like that. Right. So the important things, you know, <laughs> right. So I, uh, yeah. And that's how, that's how I, there's a lot more to the story, but that's yeah, how I well, got. Yeah, what happened after that? How did you leave that shop? So I, that's how I got started, right? I was like, and and you know what? That shop, I was, I was getting like $800 a week. And I was like, I can't believe it. This is sick. 
you know yeah it's like i'm i'm paying my bills tattooing like this is fucking crazy this yeah, is what i yeah. wanted for seven years you know i'm paying my bills i'm like making it happen right and then they had this this convention best of the midwest right and we were like yo let's go to this let's go to this convention it's gonna be sick was this your first convention? My very, very yeah. first convention. Super nervous. We got flash sheets ready, all of our artwork, portfolios, like just things that we wanted to do, right? We had we had a vision pretty, pretty right off the bat. Like, this is what I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Right. This is the kind of stuff I want to be doing. I don't want to show people this kind of work, that kind of work. I want to dial this shit in, right? Yeah. And at the time it was it was like a mixture of like Eckle Derek Noble kind of had a baby, you know, that that kind of shit. Rachie, I think, was kind of a big deal too. Maybe Emily. Um but yeah, it was I was I I was like, this is the kind of shit I want to do. And it was so, 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 so new. I think there was like, I'm not joking, 10 people, including the people I just mentioned that I knew of that were doing this. Anything remotely like what is called annoyingly neo-traditional now. I, I don't understand that phrasing, especially because that term is so broad. Like yeah. anything new is, oh, that's neo-traditional. First of all, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and second of all, also that. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, we got a lot of attention, right? By early Saturday morning, we're turning down tattoos. Hey, you guys have any time this weekend? No, sorry. Wow. No, it's and and I was like, yo, that was dope. Yeah. It felt really cool. You yeah. know, like, wow, we got some attention. And guess what? We had we got to keep all of our money. You know? <laughs> yeah. We didn't have to pay 70%. Yeah. Yeah. And uh pay 70%. That's insane. Like I, I think about that and I'm just, like I will tell people uh. the story of like 27.5%. And I'm like, I have to be like, yo, you're hearing me correctly. Like yeah. I got paid 27.5%. And I'm not putting like a 10 on a two. I'm not stretching the truth here. Yeah. Dude wanted to start me at 25 or no, at 27.5. Yeah. yeah. He's being generous. I forgot. And then, and then we decided on 30 anyway. Uh, so we go back and, uh, you know, like, yo, let's do another convention. That was sick. Like, you know, we got a lot of, we got a lot of, uh, attention there and at the same time i think at that time facebook was a thing mm-hmm. and you i was starting to wasn't meet, around yet right not yet it was okay. co- it was it probably was, like just starting right there it was like just coming into play right so it was perfect timing where i was meeting a bunch of people at conventions and i and facebook and now there's instagram and it was a smaller community back then right so like mm-hmm. yeah tattooers would pop on and you know, you'd shout somebody out and I remember getting like 500 followers in a night and I was like, 500 people followed me last night. I can't fucking believe this, you yeah. know, which is hilarious. But, uh, you know, that was, it was such a, such perfect timing. And next thing you know, we're doing conventions, right? Well, the shop slowed down. And at in in uh, Wisconsin, I think I think the rise of like that sort of like just good tattooing in general was happening, but also in yeah. this little town, right? There were a couple shops that were a couple people left, and a couple shops were popping up that were like 
really good shops. And so people had options. There wasn't like a line out the door and it was, right. it was winter and there's always a lull there anyway. So and I was like, man, I can't, I can't fucking twiddle my fingers. I can't twiddle my thumbs. I wasn't even there a year, right? I can't twiddle yeah. my thumbs. I have to go back to refinery work. So I had to go back to refinery work, right? No, really? Right. Damn, yeah. dude. Yeah. And a lot of people didn't know this, but then, I, but then I would do. This was like after the convention, after like you started getting some traction in the industry with people. Right, 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 right. Shit. So like yeah. I, I got a, a giant peak in my career. Yeah. Can I also ask, like, can you describe sort of what your flash sheet and tattoos were looking like around this time? Yeah. Cause I'm not going to lie. All the people that you mentioned, I have no clue who they are. Okay. Well, they're, they're, but awesome. I haven't been in the industry that uh, long. So yeah. Pioneers, man. Derek, uh, uh, Kurt Bayer is he's actually a friend of mine as well. Uh, but he wasn't at the time that, that sort of like, yeah, like, like, um, a little darker for sure. Lots of, lots of devil horns, lots of red, mm. lots of like Victorian collared ladies with, with super runny mascara. And, and were and the, these are the artists you're inspired by, uh, right, 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 right. Definitely started- pulling from all of these guys, yeah. not really like, like molding it into my own but not quite. i remember like the horn ladies like you used to do right 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 you know a while back ago so right very very over the top stuff yeah okay cool in my opinion right but it was really cool at the time nobody was really doing it and uh yeah so i had to go back to refinery work right mm-hmm. but i still had this traction on instagram and and this traction on uh, at conventions and things. Right. And I made it seem as though I was tattooing full time. I, we had moved back to salt Lake, right. My family. And I had made it seem as though I was still full-time tattooing. I tattoo here and there, but I was doing refinery work and I was drawing all the times. Anytime I was off, I was like producing artwork Mm -hmm. and posting it on Instagram or Facebook or whatever it was. And I, we were going to do the Portland tattoo convention, right? And we had it set up to do. And my boss, my boss uh, called me and was like, yo, I want you on this job, this refinery job. I did catalyst. I was a catalyst handler, but uh, that's, there's too many ins and outs that we're not going into that. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll go on this job. And it was about a month long. And I was like, but, you have to fly me to Portland and back during this weekend. I have to, I have to go to Portland. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, no problem. Right. No issue. Uh, Cause we traveled for catalyst work. It was all over the country. Right. That's why I'm real familiar with Texas and things like that, because we would just go wherever the, wherever the turnarounds were. Right. So I was, I was working in California most of the time, but I lived in Salt Lake. So I'd fly to California. So I flew to California did the job. Then he flew me Thursday night to Portland. Mm-hmm. I get cleaned up all in, in the airport, get into my normal clothes, meet up with my tattooer friends, and I'm tattooing in the weekend. And I remember somebody had come up to me and was like, yo, you're Glendale Bully? And I was like, yeah, man. He's like, I love your stuff so much. I'm like, oh, man, thank you. Thank you so much. That means sure a lot to me. me. unless you were a uh a six foot four dude no uh you never know 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. Lots of surgeries now. <laughs> uh, but he was like, he's like, you got any openings this weekend? I was like, ah, oh, dude, no, I'm sorry. I'm booked up, right? And I booked up pretty fast. And he was like, oh, man, I bet, I bet you're so booked at home, right? Like, I bet you're just like waiting list is super long. And I was like, kind of. And remember, I just flew in from right. working yeah. a fucking 12-hour shift job. Like, 12 hours a day is how yeah. is how uh, turnarounds work, right? It's 12 hours a day until the, until the turnaround's done. And I was like, kind of. And I meet a bunch of people at the convention. And I meet Alex Vance. And he was like, wait, you still work a job? And I was like, yeah, on Monday, I have to fly back and work a regular job. And he was like, how the fuck do you work a regular job? You don't, how are you not super busy? And I was like, I don't know. People out where I live don't want to get tattooed by me. And it's not like people don't get tattooed in Salt Lake, right? Yeah. Like I was telling you last night, it's a, it's a really, really tattooed city. It's like a, it's a very tattooed city, right? And, um, yeah. So, uh, I'm lost where I was here. He was like, how, you're like, you yeah, like, how are you get tattooed how, by me? Right, right, right. So, so he's like, come guest at my shop, right? Like, come guest at my shop, dude. You'll, I'll, I'll, I have infinite amount of clients. I'm the only tattooer there really in this small town and all these smaller towns, it's the middle of, middle of nowhere, Iowa. And he's like, you can do whatever you want, right? They, these, these kids just want to get tattooed. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, Take, took his number, whatever I go, I fly back to, or I go back to refinery work and it's like another week, two weeks. And I just can't help but think like, man, maybe I can go work at this kid's shop and just tattoo for a little while. See how it is, you know? Yeah. And I told my boss, I was like, uh, I don't want my flight to Salt Lake. Uh, I want you to fly me to Des Moines, Iowa. And he was like, okay. He never asked any questions. Yeah. And so I flew to Des Moines, Iowa, and I started tattooing. And he wasn't lying. He wasn't kidding. He had infinite amount of clients. I wow. tattooed as much as I wanted, tattooed who, whatever I wanted for the most part, right? Uh, and that's And then I started doing guest spots, and I worked there a lot. Right. Yeah. And then I would just like do a guest spot here or do a, do a convention there. And then I met other people. And then I was like, Oh shit. Like everywhere that I go, like if I go to, um, Baltimore or wherever, wherever, there's always people that are like, are you booked up? So I decided, Oh, I'm going to do, I'm going to book guest spots after these conventions and kind of stretch it out. Right. Mm. So I'd go, no, but I'm tattooing, you know, here for the week or whatever. And I would book, appointments right and i would kind of just like dry up the wells as i was going along right yeah and next thing you know i found myself almost exclusively doing conventions mm. right and at this time i had gotten a job at another shop in salt lake but i was i was still traveling uh were you like living out of your suitcase traveling did you have like a I, we had we i had a i had a, a place at a place um, in Salt Lake, kind of kind of messy on that front, but yeah, mm. had had places uh, on that front. But I, as in regards to tattooing, I was just like traveling around, right? Mm. And I would go home and tattoo the couple of clients 
<laughs> you know, that I had. Uh, and I wasn't doing any large scale work at this time. I was just doing like bangers or, you know, two, three session bangers. If that, I think it was mostly like one shot tattoos. Mm. And, uh, well, man, th th that's wild that you were more busy when you were traveling than it was you were at home. That's, insane. I feel like with everybody else, it's, it's the opposite, obviously. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I mean, as you have heard, my, my, my tattoo, and this sounds cliche, but it was everything but normal. It was like anything but normal, right? And <clears throat> then I met Lauren, and we hit it off, right? And then uh, she got pregnant with my son, and I was like, "Fuck! I, I need to, I need to like boogie. Like I need to get a clientele that's I can't be traveling all the time, right? Yeah. Um." Uh, I can't be traveling all the time, so uh, I I just hunkered down at the shop that I was at, and I literally waited for walk-ins. Like I was, I was this like invisible, obviously, like this like imaginary like entity, like this like Glendale Bully, but like Glendale Bully's sitting at home twiddling his fingers, you know, mm. can't barely do his style of tattoos at home, right? And then things picked up, and then I started tattooing people and then they would see from instagram things that i would do and they were like oh i kind of want something like this like people people some people know what they want but a lot of people don't know that they want your tattoos until they see them yeah right, right. I, i've said a lot of people that are like dude i used to love getting realism and now i only want again hate this term but now all i want is neo-traditional tattoos right and i i love that but Again, it's because they haven't seen it, right? Yeah. So then I started building clientele that way, and then people were like, "Yo, I, I want to. Where do you where do you work? I want to come get tattooed by you." And I'd be like, "Oh, Salt Lake." And they're like, "Oh, okay. Any any chance you're going to be in Texas or wherever? You know, they don't want to come to Salt Lake, right?" It's like, man, maybe I'll move to. Lauren and I went to San Diego to visit, and I was like, "Yeah, I think I I think I want to move to San Diego." She was like. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. That's cool. <laughs> Let's move yeah. to San Diego. So, uh, and so what, what was your like style of tattooing? Like at this point, uh, always the same. It's, okay. it's always been in the vein of kind of what I'm doing now. It's just evolved. Right. Okay. So I've always mm -hmm. kind of done the animals, ladies, flowers. Yeah. It's always been in that realm. It's just kind of like dialed itself in or like, right taking a softer turn here or like, you know, would, just would, developed. Would you put it in a genre, you know, I know you don't like the term neo-traditional, but that's, that's what I call it. Anything with hard, you know, solid outlines, solid coloring, like color packing type of thing. Right. Right. Um, what would you say if you were to call like what style of tattooing yours is? I know it's very personal to you, but like, why do you not like, Neo -trap. I don't like it for a couple of reasons. Number one, when I was young in my tattoo career, neo-traditional existed, but it was like, <clears throat> it was traditional tattoos yeah. with, a, with just a slight spin. Like it was- Yeah, like more colors roses, and stuff like that. Yeah, really, really orange, maybe like a pop of teal, mm. really, really spiky thorns, things mm. like that, right? Or like- uh uh you know like a traditional lady head 
but with like, you know, a spin on it, more black or like that pop of color, or just like maybe a little bit, just a little different. Right. Mm -hmm. And now, and, and that's that term. And, and I was like, oh, that's cool. That's neo-traditional. And then I started doing what I was doing. And it wasn't called neo-traditional yet. I'm not saying that I made it up, but there was just nobody doing it. There, were, Like I said, there were like 10 people and even at that time weren't doing similar tattoos, but they were like this sort of like wave, right? And it wasn't called neo-traditional. Neo-traditional was this other thing. Mm-hmm. So then people started calling this neo-traditional and I was like, ah, that's okay, that's fine. And now it's to the point where like new school with a spin is called neo-traditional as well. And you're just like, what are we doing here? Like, why, why can this not be like, why does it have to fall under this giant umbrella? It's like, yeah, I can see how black and gray blanket, right? You have, you have black and gray, you have color realism, you have, uh, dot work geometry. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you have like watercolor and then, and new school, and then everything else falls under neo-tradition. Yeah. Yeah. What? Like, why? Because like, I almost saw it as just like a style of application, even more so than a design, you know? And it's just like the same way people call my stuff like color realism or black and gray realism. It doesn't feel right because I'm like, I don't just, you know, put a picture and right. then copy it exactly. I, I add right. more stuff to it, but I, I never know what to call it. Right, right. Well, here's an example, right? I don't know if you guys are familiar with like Tony, Tony Donaire stuff. Tony, mm-hmm. you guys know who Tony is? Mm-hmm. I do no. not. You, you know Tony stuff? No, I don't. Oh, you guys mm-hmm. don't. Um, I'm trying to think of a better example here. Okay. Um, Tiffer. Yeah. We all know Tiffer. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you take Tiffer's tattoos, right, and you put them next to Justin Hartman's tattoos, Justin's tattoos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't look anything alike. Right. Both neo-traditional? Yeah. How? I th- I figured it's just application. It's right, like right, color right. Color packing and black lines, you know. Right, right. Line but work. it's almost a disservice to both of them. Sure. To not I have their own saying. sub-genre. Right, right. To have their own niche. And obviously, mm-hmm. the, oh, but like he's doing his own thing. And it's like, yeah, but like that's a pretty broad like black and gray realism is black and gray realism you know what i mean then again you have people like uh steve who work at the shop who steve can do the exact same portrait as anybody else but he posts it you know steve did it yeah yeah he just has a a way of twisting it into his own thing you know Mm. so so maybe i guess it's like Bobby style or like Justin style this. Maybe like when I catch myself, it's not even like neo-traditional. It's like, oh, you know, like a like a Bobby style tattoo or like. Right, right, right. And, and I'm not, I don't, it, it doesn't matter. At this point, it doesn't matter. You call it whatever you want. Honestly, just mm-hmm. let me do my thing. But. I no, just, but that's interesting. I never heard that, yeah, but it makes total either. sense. Yeah. I mean, if you think about all the genres of, of tattooing, neo-traditional definitely seems like the most like broad, like. So right. many things could like fall in that. So you'd say, oh, right. it's, it's kind of neo tratty, you know? Right, right. And I think that, yeah, I think, 
And it, you've worked it's, it's so hard. You've worked so hard to make it to where like someone will see your piece and say like, oh, that's a Bobby Johnson tattoo. And then I could see how you wouldn't necessarily want that to just fall into everyone else's when you've worked so hard to create a style, right. which is like the hardest thing to do in any art form, music, whatever, you know, to create something that like is appealable to the eye. So it's not like so unique. It's like not appealable, but um, something good and something unique, like something that no one else has done. Yeah, right, right, right. So that, that's actually a good point. That's that's another reason that I, uh, in an unhealthy way, it's gotten unhealthy, but I don't post very often, right? People don't think I tattoo. I'm fucking tattoo five, six days a week, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I just, I, first of all, I didn't, I don't want to saturate people with my content, right? Mm. Again, it's probably something to talk about tomorrow, but uh, I, I, I don't want people to be saturated with my content, but it's gotten to a point where I'm also like, I, I want to at least have a little bit of separation. I don't care if people get inspired or, or even take from, from me, but I don't want everyone to see my stuff all the time. Cause then there's eight or 10 of me and I can't separate myself. And that's not a, don't rip me off. It's it's more of just like a, I I just want to I just want to be, you know, a little you know ten degrees of separation or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Just like I just want to create my own special thing, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely be inspired. Yeah, definitely take from me. I mean, that's why we're doing you know things like seminars, right? Like I want you, I want people to succeed. That's another reason that I I and you and I kind of sifted through the applicants and like picked who we picked because it was like, I want to help people that are almost there. Yeah. Right. So my goal isn't to not have people rip me off, so to speak. It's just more personal to me. I'm like, Hey, let me get like, let me get three or four steps ahead of you. Yeah. Then you can have my old shit. Yeah. And when I'm ready to make a turn, I'll post my other stuff and I'm already on some new shit. So you guys can have that all good. I'm over here now. Yeah. You know? And uh, you're giving them more, not necessarily you, but a formula of how they can make their stuff better too. Right, 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 right. That's that's exactly, yeah, yeah that's exactly one of the, one Sorry, of the big I'm things. I'm still thinking about how I just said appealable. Is that even a word? I think so. Um, I, a- appealing, appealing, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 sorry. It's available now. Available now. I do that all the time. Yeah, well, we've coined <laughs> a new word up, right here, right live the on the show. Oh, uh, but I heard yeah. it. And actually, and that's actually where we're headed with this podcast is we're going to just turn it into like making words up, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the that's our premise. That right. and basements. Making, um, it's very, it's yeah. a very making word upable podcast. <laughs> right. I also want to talk about too, just a little bit and, and share my story of how I first met you too because we talked about you being at conventions all the time and that's how i met you yeah i had followed you for a while and i was 20 years old i'm gonna be 30 this year by the way so it's a long time ago so 10 years yeah yeah um and i went to my very first convention the paradise tattoo convention remember yep lauren was pregnant that was when i was like buckling down Wow. Yeah. And I was, I was so like excited to go to my first convention and I got spoiled because that convention was fucking awesome. It was cool. You know, and it was the first time I got a feel of it. And at that time, you know, of course I didn't have a lot of followers. I was an apprentice. I just looked up to you and 
um, Sean Barber, who's just a, even a painter, not even a tattooer, Nico Hurtado, um, Paul Booth, like not, I didn't even know too many people, but I know I was just so inspired by you. Um, it's weird and, that you're, I, I don't know that if you're isolating me because I'm sitting in front of you or it was like actually me because again, you're naming off all these people, you know, Teresa, all these people were there, Kelly. And I'm like, are you, you, you've got to just be isolating me because I'm here because that was like a crazy, like stacked convention with like yeah. all the talent. Yeah. Right, no, but no, I, I no, was man, very- my, yeah. Unbiasedly. Yeah. I've heard her talk about you before. I mean. Definitely. Yeah. She sees you in that light, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, I did that's before. wild to me. Even, even now sitting <laughs> yeah. here 10 years later, I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, it's true. And when I saw you, you know, and I, I, I don't think I knew what you looked like or anything. I think you just had your name. I just saw Glendale, Glendale bully somewhere. Right. And I was like, I remember I was like, are you, are you Glendale bully? <laughs> you know, yeah. you're like, yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm the, biggest fan you know and and something that was so crazy to me is that when i met you you were so cool you actually traded a piece of artwork with me i still have yours yep that's awesome yeah which is amazing that you still have it and i remember like i wanted i wanted this piece from you that was on like on the booth and um yeah, you're just like, yeah, why don't you just trade me trade me a piece? So I I ripped you off this this piece. For, it was like on tracing paper mm-hmm. that I had, but I had been working on it for a while and I I gave it to you in exchange for that and I still have your piece, you cool. know? Very and cool. I got a picture with I you don't and everything. It. <laughs> it's oh, awesome. Yeah, I remember. Have to take I also a remember the photo. Up later. Yeah, I I yeah. got a picture with you and everything. I posted it on Instagram. I saw that um I think that's when you started following me i believe so yeah it was around then and i remember like driving with my mentor joby like back from the the convention to the hotel and seeing that on my phone and just like wanting to cry you know i was so (laughs) excited it was the first time an artist i looked up to followed me back or showed me like any type of respect for my artwork or anything like that and it was just like this rush and that's when I was like, fuck, like I, like this, I wanted this so bad. I wanted respect from other artists. And I, I, that was the first time I felt that. And it was just, it meant so much to me. So in case, you know, yeah, that's cool. Ever wondered the impact you make on others. I really like hearing that more than, yeah, I I really do. I've always tried to be, and of course you're going to catch me in a bad mood. I'm a human, you know? But especially in that environment, I've always tried to be that way. I'm glad that I'm, that's, a, that's I love that story. Uh, I, yeah, I hope I hope that other people have stories like that, right? I've always just been I've tried to be just as fucking cool to people as I can. I've actually just this is I was going to touch about this tomorrow, but I it's, it's just kind of have, has a negative tone to it. But I've always kind of pushed back to that i've had a pushback to that like traditional agenda right because i remember being a fly on a wall and people treating me like shit you know Mm -hmm. and i would just be like okay we'll see just wait just wait on it we'll see and then the same people would be like they wouldn't even remember that i was this kid in this little scenario or whatever right that they treated like shit 
And they'd be like, yo, Glendale Bully, what, yo, Bobby, what I, what's up? This is my, and I'm just like, I, and you know, in my head, I was like, when I get to that point, I'm going to make them feel like they made me feel. Mm. I didn't. Yeah. But, but I, but I wanted to, yeah. you know, I wanted to be like, I fucking, you, you, you made me feel like just the smallest fucking human, not worth your time, you know? And I, and I still was nice to them, but I didn't forget. Mm. Yeah. I sure as fuck didn't forget. Yeah, and I, I can still how remember could you? Yeah. who, who was, what way to me, right? And so that's why I've always been that way mm. to other artists. Almost specifically, like, not not even so that people think that I'm cool and nice. But, and, and yes, of course, because I'm, I'm a human and I want people to think that about me. But also that there's just people like that, not just me. Like, there's people yeah. that are just cool as fuck, you know? People are cool as fuck, you know? There's all these dickheads, but it doesn't have to be like that, right? So I've always, and and not in just that sense, but I've always pushed push back this like traditional tattoo agenda and people are like, oh, these fucking tattoo nerds and look at these tattoo schools and shit. And I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. Just shut up, dude. It's it's all good, man. You know, and here's the thing about, I'm, we're, we're kind of spiraling here, but the thing about I'll tattoo spiral. schools real quick and and just tattoos in general this is probably something i'll say tomorrow i don't know if i'll get to it but just get better right are you concerned yeah just get better yeah what's your what and that's and that's where like all this all of these things stem from is is tattooers insecurities right mm. absolutely like, oh i'm 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 uh I'm not, you know, what am I going to do? There's all these other tattooers. Hey, just get better. Work harder. What the yeah. fuck are you talking about? Yeah. You know, oh, this, these young kids coming up. Okay. <laughs> what are you going to do to keep up with these young kids? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the complainers are the ones that are just insecure because people are better than them and right. they have nothing better to do than to put them down. But I feel know? like right. it's very rarely are people like, oh, I'm worried about these young kids. And that's what it is, even if they don't realize it. But it's always like manifesting from this place of like insecurity or like, mm-hmm. or like things Absolutely. that are like rooted in tradition or like, oh, we got to do like, like it this way because it's always been done this way. And what it really is, is they just don't want to get passed up, you know? Right, right. And, and yeah, there's going to be, there's going to be a day where my back hurts and I have been passed up and people are crushing it and whatever, but. That's fine. Especially <laughs> you know? nowadays, like, you know, 10 years ago, there were so few. Yeah. You know, you mentioned like the community was really small, um, but I feel like so many people are getting into tattooing nowadays. There's a lot of different ways you can get into it. I mean, it's definitely becoming like a way bigger industry. Right. Um, and there are like a lot of really, really talented young people out there that are definitely, I can see how they'd be intimidating for you know, artists that have been around right, for a while. Right. And here's the, the funny thing about anybody. And this goes for anybody who's like, Oh, they're ripping me off. They're ripping me off. Right. Everyone that I work with, you guys know who I work with. Mm-hmm. Every one of them gets rips off all the time. Yeah. Even Mark. Yeah. Even Mark, you know, you look at Mark stuff and it's like, Oh, and, and not downgrading Mark stuff. Cause he's fucking incredible, but you're, uh, 
the naked eye goes, oh, he just does like lines and blackouts. Well, no, he does lines. He does blackouts in his own fucking way. First of all, he's amazing at it. He's super yeah. fast at it. Yeah. And it's just a blackest black you're ever going to see. Yeah. And second of all, if you break down his, like, just his line drawings, they're smart. You know, there's mm-hmm. people that are trying to do palms like him and they can't because he knows what he's doing. Right. So anyway, back, back to, um, people getting ripped off or whatever, uh, they're like, oh, I'm getting ripped off, and people are ripping me off. And here's the thing. We can't tattoo the whole world. How many people do you need to tattoo? Yeah. You know, when I have my books. You can only tattoo one person a day. Right. When I have my books, I only take on like 30, 30, I, I entertain, I entertain 50 projects, right? Yeah. And that's, you know, a, a good mixture of things. A, a, a larger upper thigh piece, a one-shot forearm tattoo, some sleeves, some backs, you know, uh, front, you know, whatever, whatever. I don't even need to take 50 people. Yeah. You know, how many days do you need to tattoo? Yeah. You know, really you should, you should, the goal should be to set yourself up to tattoo less people. If you, if you listen to my podcast, talked about this, you get good so that you can charge more so that you don't have to work as often. Yeah. So that you have more time to make your tattoos even better. Yeah. So you can charge even more. It's yeah. a funny thing where you're like, hold on. The idea is to work less to charge more or work less to make more. And yeah, because you're mm-hmm. making a higher quality tattoo versus I couldn't do, I couldn't make the tattoos that I make. I mean, I work a lot, but. I could I couldn't make the tattoos that I make if I didn't make time to draw these things in advance, right? If I was tattooing like six, seven, eight days a week, or even I only tattoo one person a day, right? Yeah. And that makes it easy to free up nights to draw because I didn't have to draw for this piece or that piece or tomorrow's piece, whatever. But these pe- these people that want to do, you know, two, three tattoos in a day, where 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 do you find the time to make the two, three tattoos in a day? as absolutely good as you can. Yeah. Right. So the idea is to, yeah, work less to make more money. Well, so right. This is an interesting segue into one thing that I wanted to bring up. Um, I just, you know, as a tattoo collector myself, I feel like I have a pretty good like landscape on kind of like the range of pricings, you know, and what people charge. I, I would, I would agree with that, especially because you have a good array. Yeah. Of different, Styles, so yeah. yeah, and and you charge, you know, what I would say would be like on the lower end of, of the day rate of, of definitely of people that I've been tattooed by at least, right, right. Um, and you have like how 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 does your booking process work? Because every every time I go to your page, it says like books closed, no inquiries at this time. It, it never doesn't say that. Yeah, even when my books are open, that stays up because I'm just it's, it's going to shut them right back down anyway. But I just go, hey, I'm going to open my books, and you know, hopefully people give a fuck. And on your Instagram story. Goodness, on my story. Mm-hmm. And then they do. Whew. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and uh, I just kind of book accordingly, but... Um, and, and so, but you probably always get like way more inquiries than you can handle, right? Right, right. Definitely, definitely a lot more than I than I take on for sure. Yeah. I think, I think um, because I do such, such minimal, hey, my books are open or my books are opening... 
I can't even remember the last time I put it on an actual post. Yeah. Like it was just, just been my story. Right. But I get an, I get enough. Like I get, I, I get plenty. Yeah. I get plenty. Thank so, goodness. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's going to come a day where I'm like, well, fuck, maybe I should tattoo or I should post, you know, one of those hundred tattoos that I've have saved in my phone yeah. to drum up some, some in- inquiries. But, uh, you know, that's just, it's, it's pretty simple. So when, when we saw you in San Diego, you said something that like, I think about like a lot, like, and it was kind of just in passing. Um, but you were talking about like another artist that, um, charges more than you and you aren't shitting on that, this person or anything, but you were like, well, in my opinion, you know, my, my stuff is better, but you said, you know, if that's what they can get, then that's what it's worth. And I think about that all the time that it's, if that's what you can get people to pay for your tattoos, then that's what it's worth. So just from a business standpoint, I mean, you've got this huge backlog of people. You never even promote it. You can't tattoo all the people that you, I mean, you can only tattoo one person a day, you know? So like, I'm just wondering like, why not charge more for your stuff? Uh, you know, I'm getting there, I think, but I hope I didn't say my stuff is better. I hope there was a better way for me to put that because it's subjective anyway. I can't but, remember exactly what you said, but it was, yeah. It, you, you I, said I, it I remember, totally I remember nice the way. conversation was, and I remember the tattooer and I think it was more just, I'm more experienced than sure. this tattooer. And that's totally valid. I, I, I know, I'll actually uh, mention the tattooer. It's a, she's a, she's a really good friend of mine and she's an incredible tattooer. Um, her name is uh, Danielle Sky, and she's cool as fuck. I've been tattooing her for so, so, so long. Um, I, but anyway, I, I think it was just that I've been tattooing a lot yeah. longer than her, yeah. you know. Well, yeah, you know, and, and, and I'm clear the air. I don't, I don't remember specifically if you said that. I just remember her or, telling yeah. me that and not feeling. She was like, oh, I, t- I was like, oh, how much are you charging for a day? And it was, it was more than what I charge. And I, I remember not feeling away. I wasn't like, oh man, you charge more than me. I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. Good okay. for you. Yeah. Fuck yeah. You know, get that money. Especially, especially not limited to, but especially because she's just such a hard worker and she's fucking just a grinder. You know what I mean? And such a good person. So hearing that, I was like, hell yeah. Good for you. Yeah. You know, and especially for girls, honestly like female tattooers, women tattooers, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Females a touchy word. <laughs> uh, women tattooers. Uh, good for them. You know? Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. So yeah. I hope I, I, yeah. I'm, I was like, man, better. I don't yeah. usually use that. I, yeah. I can't remember like exactly Especially the conversation. Just I just, cause our Rick's objective, you know? Yeah. But it just really stuck with me when you said, you know, if that's what you can get, then that's what it's worth sort of thing. So, but you said you're getting there, you're gradually raising your rates. Yeah. So. And you know what? I just, I just, um, I, I, I have a really hard time with, I don't even have, uh, I don't even have like a, an hour like, Oh, the day is going to be X amount. Yeah. Like X time. Right. Yeah. My, my, uh, my thing is, what did we get done? And, and how did we, did, did, do I feel that it's worth X amount of dollars? Right. Yeah. So I can't charge. Could I get more? Sure. Could I feel like it was worth it? I don't know. Yeah. It maybe, maybe like a, a larger forearm tattoo that takes me eight, nine hours. Sure. Could it be worth way more than what I charge? Yeah, definitely. But 
chipping away at a back piece and I get like a small part of the shoulder done. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's, 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 it's honestly just my, um, not even integrity, just my, uh, I don't know. Speed. Cause it makes sense too. Like if you, if you take more time to do your tattoos, it ultimately equals up to somebody who charges more in a day and gets more done. So. Sure. Yeah, sure. Sure. I actually tell tattooers like Mark, right. I tell that are fast. I tell them, get, get, get your money, man. Like, like he yeah. does a blackout, a full arm blackout in two sessions. Yeah. Right. Wow. And, you know, a sleeve from me or Chris or Justin or whatever could take probably, you know, anywhere from five and a half to seven yeah. sessions. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it is interesting. Like the thought process that, that, that most people have that if it doesn't take as long, then it's like worthless. But, um, and you know, I, I talk about this a lot. Deanna's like a super fast tattooer. Like she can knock out a half sleeve and like, you know, a session a lot of the times. Um, and I know for me personally, as a tattoo collector, I fucking hate getting tattooed. It's not fun right. at all. So, so you should pay more for that's exactly yeah. getting done. Yeah. It's like when, when people get their shit shipped to them, it's like they, they'll pay more for expedited shipping or whatever. So like, I know for me personally, I would pay more if I knew that. They right. Could get and that's my point. Quicker. That's yeah. I'm like, yo, if you're doing these sleeves in two sessions in regards to Mark, Dude, you should be like somewhere in the twenty five hundred mark at least, yeah. you know? Yeah. And um and and the other interesting thing is too is like it's not just about the time that you spent that day. You know, it's like you know, if you spend five hours in a session, yeah, you spent five hours that day, but you've also spent ten years developing your Bobby Johnson style, which is why people will go to you because Mm -hmm. you and you only like, you're the only person in the world that can do that tattoo, you know? And that's why it's worth more than just like the time you spent, you know? Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I also, what people don't realize, and this is, this is really right here is what my seminar tomorrow is going to be about the fucking time that it takes to formulate any of my tattoos is even the most simple is so fucking painful because I consider all things, how it's going to be on the body, you know, what it's going to lay like two days ago, two, three days ago, I was, I had a back to back client, right? We started her leg sleeve. We did a forward facing, queen and a a heart and a dagger right she was supposed to be like a snow white mm. yeah. evil, evil evil queen uh and i wanted a uh, straight on her thigh i'm not exaggerating i this is drawing time aside all that i stenciled for 6 hours jeez trying to yeah. get it right wow cuz it, it had to be right you yeah. know yeah uh, just moving it, figuring it out, blowing this up, making this smaller, adjusting this, just to make it right because I consider all things right. And then we tattooed for two and a half ish hours, yeah. and I had her the next day, so we just tattooed 
extra the next day to yeah, make up for that. Right. So that six hours, again, drawing time aside, I didn't charge for. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are the, and some people, like Justin, Justin will include that in the tattoo time. Yeah. Right. He'll include that. Yeah. I mean, you're working uh, for that. And person, I, and you I know, think working he's working on the tattoo. Right. And I think he's not wrong for that. But in instances like that, when it's six hours, like, is that really fair? You know? I, I, yeah. I can for sure see the dilemma there. Right. Yeah. But, but it's on me. Right. I could have not done a forward facing queen trying to get like all these things right. Cause the leg is a tricky thing to get yeah. it straight from the top of the thigh, knee, yeah. uh, ankle. They're all three different points. They're not a straight line. So getting those things is tricky, but we got it six yeah. hours, but we wow. got it, you know, eight stencils later, eight large stencils too. So mm. you're running it through the thermal fax, two, three, four pages, cutting yeah, them up, absolutely. taping them together, then laying a giant stencil. Then it doesn't work out. Wash them you know, stencil stuff again. Hopefully it'll work this time. Yeah. Fuck it doesn't got to make a new stencil. You yeah. know, it's, it's, wow. these things don't get taken into consideration. Everyone's like, Oh, but drawing time, it's like so much more than drawing time, you know? And that, but here's the thing that time spent on everything. Right. I actually, the way that I've worded this makes it sound like I'm going to do a seminar about stenciling tattoos for six hours, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's the time spent. Right. Yeah, everything that yeah. makes you you, right? I couldn't have my things the way that they are if I didn't take exactly the time to make my vision the way that I want it to be. I'll have people come up and be like, "Yo, what? What? What if you just did this?" Like, I'm like, "Sure, that that would definitely get me out of this dilemma." But it's not my vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that definitely would make it easier. Thank you for that. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that, yeah. you know? And that's, in a nutshell, I think and hope that's what makes me different than other people. And that's what's, like, brought my success is that I will not falter Yeah, from my vision, Yeah, you know? Obviously, you have to take big swings and fuck things up sometimes to make your vision happen, but... Um, do you guys want to talk about specifically about um, the drawing process for Deanna's tattoo? Because I know that that day took a really long time. Right, to- that's a that's a good example. Um, yeah, I mean that's 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 a that's a really good example of like it being a tr- really tricky spot, right? Like the back of the yeah. forearm, not the top, but the back. Yeah, and then putting a flower. And I also like my stuff. Like your tattoo is like very structurally. Mm-hmm readable and and you know just flowy it's like a balance between this like um like organic and and very like i don't know like like this industrial look like just like straight lines and i've got notes on my phone as to a better word for that but and for everybody also listening the tattoo that he did on my arm is it's a tattoo that's on my elbow down my down the side of my wrist and then it flows over to my hand so it's a really really hard placement that i haven't seen anywhere else and um, by the looks of it it's crazy because like it flows so well that everything lines up no matter how i twist my arm yeah you know and yeah so yeah we'll, we'll post pictures of it on the story for yeah. on the instagram and everything but yeah it is a stunning stunning tattoo yeah, yeah. 
Well, that means a lot. Yeah. It means a lot because that was a fucking really, really, really yeah, I, I think stressful Anna, tattoo for you me. Said it took like six hours to, to draw start, it, right? Yeah. Or yeah. From when I got there to start tattooing. Yeah. This was day one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I had to adjust things. And and you were like blowing things up, making it smaller. The swan head that I have towards my elbow, you know, you're making sure it's the right size. But it's an extremely hard placement that you got perfectly. And I don't know anybody else who probably would have gotten it right, you know, how it all just lines up here. But also, yeah, lines, you know, it's I'm looking just, at it now and I'm like, man, I must have taken my time because I don't want to do that again. <laughs> it looks great, but I do not want to do that again. Yeah, that was a, that was a tough one, but it's, uh, it's worth it to me. Yeah, that dude, shit's that says worth a lot it to about me, the you know? fucking time that you put into something to like mm-hmm. spend, just you know, squeeze that squeeze that juice as much as you possibly can to make that tattoo fucking perfect. Right. The other thing that I like to consider when I do shit, and I think I considered it when I did Deanna's arm, is the other tattoos that are existing and filling that space. Yeah, up, yeah. You know, and I think that's um. I know Neo Trad's a bad word, so I'm not going to say that. But with your style specifically, you know, the the lines, it's not it's not just like realism where you can just blend it into other tattoos. You know, that's definitely, you know, that's it's kind of, it seems hard to me to fit that stuff together with other tattoos of that style. So the fact that you can do that so effortlessly, I mean, if you look at Deanna's sleeve, it's, it's a mixture of a lot of things. You've got um, neo-traditional on the outside, you know, kind of a mixed style piece on the forearm and then black and gray realism on the inner arm and the way that it all flows together just because all those artists are super fucking talented and, and Bobby <laughs> had the hardest job of all placing mm-hmm. that last piece right in that weird as fuck spot. It's, that is, that's like an art in itself right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just connecting those tattoos with each other. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, thank you. But uh, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's super. But super yeah, hard. like I was saying, man, it's it's worth it. Yeah, because the way that came out is is spectacular. Um, so yeah. Deanna was talking about earlier about how you know she met you ten years ago when she super looked up to you back then. Um, before you know, a couple months ago when we were planning the seminar, she said, um, she said I would fly anywhere and pay any amount of money to go to one of Bobby's seminars, and uh, and then and then you know. I've heard of other artists like DJ Tambi, like saying that you're, you're his favorite artist, like artists that are objectively like super, super big in the industry. Incredible. Like, yeah. 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 Incredible. And, and super yeah, well-known, super respected. Like how does that feel to be so revered by such spectacular artists? <laughs> Not how you think. <laughs> um, it really like peaks my imposter syndrome. It's hmm. really fake. Like it, it does. It's not that people are being fake, but it's like, are they confusing me with someone? <laughs> you know, like I'm not yeah. sure that you. I, I'm. You know, I'm Bobby, right? Like I'm Glenn. I'm just. I'm Glendale Bully. And you know, and then you know, people give me the reaction of like. I guess this isn't a real scenario, but but the the interaction in my head, if I were to like play it out, is like you know that I'm me, right? Like, yeah. you, I think you're talking to the wrong person. They're like, no, no, you, and I'm like, you know, in a movie where I'm like looking behind me yeah. to find the person that they're pointing at. That's how it feels. Mm. Yeah, because it's they couldn't possibly be me, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's weird, dude. It's it, and and that's a another thing. I'm hopefully if I get to it, we'll talk about tomorrow is. 
balancing that is crazy. I work with the, I'm biased because they're my best friends and I work with them and I like their styles, but I work with some of the best tattooers in the world, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. In yeah. The world, duh, you know? Yeah. And, and I, and, and it's also, you know, surreal that they're my best, I'm my best friends are the guys at the Grand Reaper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. It's just like, that's surreal, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you, oh, you mean like them? You just, you must mean them, you know? <laughs> and it's weird. It's yeah. very weird. And it's, it's, it's not that I've ever, it's not that I've ever thought that I was going to be that. I just wanted to be better and better and better and better. And like, I would shoot above the people above me. Yeah. But we shot above the people above me. I think people have a hard time. Again, talk about this tomorrow. They have a hard time with, they, they shoot for something or like, Oh, if I can get close to that, then, then that's dope. No dude. Fuck that. Better. Yeah. Better than that. Better than Jordan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's what it's it part. Go ahead. Good. I think that's part of what, has made you so successful, man. And just, just talking to you, the little that I have, you know, when, when we met, met in San Diego and last night and today and, and listening to your podcast too. I mean, the amount you care about the work that you do and the work that you've put into being able to do what you do is nothing short of just astounding. Like it's, it's so fucking cool. Like how much you fucking care about, you know, the product you're putting out and, and the stuff you do on people. And that really shows, man. I mean, I mean, you're, you're, obviously one of the most incredible tattoo artists in the world. And like people, people notice that, like people notice like the, the attention to detail that you, that you put into your craft. It's, it's really awesome, dude. Right. It's, it's, I, well, I thank you. Uh, that's again, I'm like, uh, who, you know, (laughs) uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, I hope so. You know what I mean? And I, and I super appreciate it. I, Back to imposter syndrome, it's it's really tough. Um, I've gone through like genuine depression because people were like, "Yo, you're the sh- you're the guy." Yeah, and it's like, wait, you you were depressed? That made you depressed? Yeah, yeah, because I was like, "Yo, they're gonna know." They're going to find out that I'm not like who they think that I am. You know, they're, I don't know what they're seeing, but how can I keep this charade up? I don't know how long I can keep this charade up. They're going to, they're going to know one day that I'm not the part, you know, and then it sends you into like a depression and how do I, what are they seeing that they want to see that I should keep up? Like, what is it about the work that I'm doing that they love? How will I keep this up? Whatever, you know, and I'm, I've, I've really, really, really found a sweet spot in my career the last like year or two that uh that i have just found like a, a good solid niche right I've a good solid flow where i'm where i'm just doing what i want to do and being happy and knowing that i'm i've worked hard but also knowing that there's work to be done yeah right there's yeah. there's always and there's i'm here and that's dope and and i need to understand that i am here yeah. Right. But I also need to remember that I'm not there yet. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's a tricky fucking oh, yeah, thing to navigate. Yeah. I was going to ask you like, 
how you balance that. Cause you've, you've talked about your insecurities before, but then at the same time, you know, you've got, like I said, artists like Deanna and DJ, just artists from all over the industry that are just like recognize how fucking talented you are. And I think that's as an artist, it's a super tricky spot to be in because you want to recognize what you've done, but also, you know, you never want to stop innovating. You never want to stop pushing and, and getting better, you know? Yeah. But that's a hard thing too. That's a hard thing to keep up with. Yeah. Right. And that's another, that's another mental battle. I, you also, this is something I should probably write down and, and note tomorrow. It's also okay to not feel inspired. Right. Mm. I've fought it for years. Right. Where I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, just draw something cool, man. Like be inspired, like draw. And you know what? Sometimes it's better to just go, nah, I'm not forcing it tonight. I'm just going to have a beer. Yeah. Yeah. It would send me into a spiral where I'm depressed and I'm like, excuse me, I'm angry. You know, I'm angry at other people's success because I can't find it in me right now. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's a whole nother thing which we have to navigate, right? Like being motivated. The trick to being motivated is not always forcing the motivation. Right. Yeah. Cause I'm very like, gotta keep going, gotta keep going. And I've had to learn like, dude, dial it back, just chill. And it's made me such a like more even killed level headed person, you know? And do, do you know how much time it takes for <clears throat> people to produce a painting or for someone to produce an album or a song? We're expected to produce every day. Right. So it's, even when we're like not inspired and we're taking a break, you're still doing more than like most any other artist dude, in any other profession in the world. It right. is bonkers. I wish we had 10 hours to talk about everything on this podcast. Cause that's another thing I wanted to talk about, you know, just in your podcast, uh, you guys were talking about Muka and how we came out with the calendar and that's like, you know, a painting a month and you guys has to have two artists have to do something like a fucking legit work of art. Like, every day on somebody or every, every two days at the very least, you know, that's right. It's crazy. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's exactly that. That was all. Yeah. That it's, it's honestly, I, I hate thinking about that because I would love the opportunity to try that out. I'd love the opportunity to have a month and go, Hey dude, don't do anything but this painting this month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And then just see what I could do. Yeah. Hey, man. Don't sweat it. Just do this painting. Four, four days a week, eight hours a day. Just do this painting for a month and see. Yeah. You know? Because I'm based in that. Take your time and make it as good as you can. And I'd like to take like a door-sized canvas and paint it for a month. Yeah. You know, one day I'll get there. Yeah. I'll get there. Too bad you can't do that with tattooing. That'd right. That'd be badass. Like, I'm going to do this bodysuit in a month. Like, that'd be fucking cool. But obviously. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, even just designing it yeah. that was, uh, would be nice to take all that time. I have a bunch of back pieces drawn right now for a book mm. that's going to come out. You guys will be able to see some of them tomorrow. Nice. But... Um, I've, I just took my time. 
hours, 30, 40. There's one that's, there's one that's 50 hours. God wow. damn, dude. It's almost, I showed it to Justin the other day. And I was like, dude, I, I'm almost embarrassed that it took 50 hours. You know, I was kind of going over my stuff with him. He was helping me out. And I was like, I'm almost embarrassed that it took me 50 hours to do this. Like 40, 40, 45, 48, something like that. And he's like, yeah, dude, but it looks like it. Yeah. You know, it looks like 40, 50 hours. You know, this is like not a, you know. Yeah, you man, just, I, I think that that story right there, I think that's basically sums up you as an artist, you know. Yeah. About about the attention you have and the the care that you put into your stuff. Hope so. Yeah, and I hope so. I, uh, I, yeah. You know what? That's enough. Enough yeah. about me, right there. I was gonna say something about Justin and gassing me up, but that's okay. <laughs> For another um, time. yeah. So we're almost out of time. One other thing that I wanted to talk about. Well, fifty thousand other things that I want to talk about. But one thing that I was, you know, you kind of mentioned it earlier is that you don't post very much. Um, you probably, how, how often would you say you post like one, once every other, every other month or once every three months? I don't even know, man. It's I'll go in flurries. Yeah. I'm also, I'm also trying to figure out this, this reels thing. Yeah. So that's a funny thing specifically right now. That's a really funny thing for me. And I, here I am. I'm like, I want to take a bunch of videos of my, of my trip to Texas so I can kind of make a reel out of it. Haven't taken one video. <laughs> you just got here last night. <laughs> right. But I'm like, oh, maybe like some, you know, some cliche, like. Uh, traveling footage or whatever. Oh, eating like, God damn it. I can't remember. It's just not in, I don't give a fuck about that. Not that I don't want to do it. And I, I think they're cool and I'm interested yeah. in other people's things, but I don't remember. I don't give a fuck enough to remember, you know, as much as I want to create them. Uh, so that's a tricky question. It's very few and far between. Yeah. I don't have like a, Oh, I should post something or, or, you know, whatever. I have so many tattoos that I haven't posted that are in my opinion, really fucking cool that I'm worked and I'm really proud of yeah. that. You know, another thing about tattooing going back to posting anyway, going back to um, imposter syndrome is that when I'm really proud of a tattoo, I don't want to post it on Instagram and it not do well. Yeah. And, yeah, and I don't yeah, want it to make me feel some type of way about my own work. Right. Yeah. I don't want, you know, 3000 versus 8,000, 10,000 likes. Yeah. Yeah. To I make me feel away. You know, I, I, I catch Deanna doing that all the time. I always try to stop her, but she'll post something. She'll be like, Oh, this only got X amount of likes. Maybe it's not actually good. And I'm like, you know, no, fuck that. Like, that's an awesome tattoo. You love that tattoo. Everyone in here loves that tattoo, but it's it's tough, man. It's tough, like in this so age down. of social media, not to <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's really place it's really your hard worth on how many fucking likes you get on something. You know, right, it, it right. could be debilitating. Like I, I really like still am trying to get out of this. Like, like man, do I suck at tattooing? <laughs> like it, it really like no. But sometimes I let it define, you know, my work and stuff. So I know that's that's really hard. Yeah. To be afraid of happening. And I know you, um, and I've been posting less now, like, like you, like, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I know that you, um, mentioned on the podcast that one reason that you don't like, or you mentioned it today, actually, um, that you don't like posting too much because you don't want to oversaturate people with your stuff. You want like every time they see your stuff to be like more impactful, but man, I almost feel like with you, because so many people like your stuff so much, like, I feel like people 
want to see more of your stuff so badly. So like, you know, one of the ideas you had like with a, with a seminar where you're like, Oh, maybe I could like give, give out a sketchbook or something like that. And I was like, yes, dude, people, people will fucking eat it up because they want to see like more of your stuff, dude. Cause you're right. doing fucking insane stuff every day, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I hope, you know, uh, there's a story I'm going to tell tomorrow about posting. I have a little, little, little thing on posting, but we'll get into it tomorrow, but it's specific to that and having that feeling yeah. of, oh, did you see that? Did you see what X, X person posted? It's so sick, right? It's, it's in regards to exactly that. Yeah. Because I think the opposite effect happens even if you're insanely good. The opposite effect happens when you're posting every single day. Yeah. Right? And we'll go into it a little bit more tomorrow. But when you post every single day, it doesn't matter if it's incredible. Cool. Saw it yesterday. Saw it the day before. Yeah. All good. Saw it. When you go on a diet, right, and then you have a cheat meal, it's amazing, yeah. right? Yeah. But when you just have that meal every day, it's just a meal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or cake, right? Yeah. Yo, this piece of cake is incredible. Do you want to eat the whole cake then? Do you want the whole cake? Because you can have cake tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Guess what? Cake's not cool anymore. I don't yeah. want cake ever again now. Yeah. You know what That's I mean? Interesting. interesting. Yeah. And and one one way that I do see that in like a very much more like tattooing example is like, um, you know, we have so many talented artists at our at our studio. Not to brag, but I'm sure that you experience, you know, something similar at your shop where like the shit that everybody is doing every day is just fucking dope like every day like and it's like yeah. ev eventually you start to get numb to it I, I i know i definitely did with deanna where it's like it's like she'll do a fucking phenomenal tattoo that's just like no one else has ever done anything like that and it's like almost like you're it's like you're, it's not surprising you know it's like yeah well, right, yeah right, that's right. that's just what she, no, does, she just so rips like, it's, yeah it's that's the way yeah. you know it's funny that you say that and i'll talk about that tomorrow as well but yeah to a degree for sure but dude, <laughs> I work with those guys, the guys, dude, the, them boys, you know, it's real hard for me not to go in and go, fuck, dude, that's amazing. Yeah. And yeah, you do get numb to it, but you know, it's, it's not uncommon to be like, fuck, dude, I gotta, I gotta get better, man. Yeah. I just gotta get better now. Cause, cause oh, dude's over here ripping, you know? And I think, I think we, us as the boys, we've talked about it a lot we kind of bounce back and forth. So it's just easy to easy to want to keep going. Cause they're going and now yeah. you're going and now they're going. And, and, and to that, I think you guys all do kind of like a similar style. I mean, obviously everybody's super unique. Like you can tell who did what, but yeah, you guys kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a similar style. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So it's easy to, it's easy to get inspired. It's, it's yeah. not, it's not Definitely. hard. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, if if anybody hasn't been there, yeah, the the Grand Reaper where where uh, Bobby works in San Diego, it's it's a it's such a cool environment. Um, it's not a very big shop, and it's just like this this open room where it's like you know six dudes hanging out, and they're all like best friends. So they'll have like conversations across the room with each other, like they're just like hanging out and also tattooing. It's like a really cool like environment. It was it was really fun getting tattooed there. Yeah, 
I'm glad, man. I think I think also the it's the dudes I work with are so easy to work with. We all have the same mindset, right? Yeah. In especially in regards to the experience that you have, you know, the experience that you have coming into that environment, right? Whether the tattoos are going to handle themselves, we're, we're all going to handle our business on that front. But everyone also wants the clients to feel respected and welcome and part of the part of it. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's, it's, it's just a oddly special group of dudes. It wasn't just like, it's not even just talented dudes together. Right. Yeah. It's so much more. It's, it's everything. It just, we just click, man. Yeah. That's you awesome. Know? Um, all right. Well, we are, pretty much out of time. Uh, Bobby's client's going to get pretty mad at me if I don't take him to the studio. (laughs) So, um, but dude, we're we're so excited to have you here in Texas. Um, we're so stoked for the seminar tomorrow and we really appreciate you coming over here and just sharing some of your story. Um, cause the artist that, um, you have become today is, you know, fucking phenomenal. And it's cool to see like some of that backstory and how you got there. So, yeah, I appreciate, really it, appreciate it, man. I, I, uh, I appreciate you having me too. It's nice to be on this end of a podcast. Yeah, How's it's easy, it feel? easy, <laughs> so much easier than having to navigate and keep someone else talking. I can obviously talk all day. I can, I can rattle, dude. So, well, and ha- you can tomorrow, get, right? And I will. <laughs> and getting other people to talk is tough, you know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, cool. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for for being on here. Yeah, and thank you guys for listening. Uh, Follow us on Instagram already. We'll post some pictures up to give you some context of the stuff that we're talking about today at EdenBASPod. And then also follow Bobby on Instagram if you're not already at Glendale Bully. All right, well, thank you guys for listening. Until next time.